Amen. Well, we're going to jump into the word this morning. Thank you, Pastor Kimmy, for keeping us updated. And I want to encourage you, let's, let's take advantage of this opportunity that we have to uh, invite our friends and family and neighbors. And my wife uh, woke me up uh, earlier this week and she said, I, I woke up in the night and I had a dream that I, that I uh, invited all of our neighbors to watch uh, Let the Light In and and uh, she's got a little plan of being generous and giving them a gift and inviting them. And just, it's opportunities to reach out. Uh, and people's hearts are open uh, this year. So take, let's take advantage of this uh, time that we have. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for an opportunity to jump into your word this morning, to engage with you, engage with your Holy Spirit, engage with your voice. Uh, thank you that you have some life to give us, some some molding and shaping to do in us. And Lord, we're just giving you free reign. We're just opening the doors of our heart and saying, come on in. And uh, Lord, we pray that you would uh, be at home in our lives and speak to us and shape us and mold us as we yield to you and your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Right on. So we're in our fourth uh, week of Advent. This is the week of sharing love. And uh, we want to just say we are very excited about uh, Christmas this week and uh, what's going on. Uh, now, I've just been following a little bit on social media. You guys know that I'm not on Facebook, I'm not on Instagram, but I hear what's going on once in a while. And I just want you to know that uh, as a church, we are not cowards, <laughs> right? Okay, so uh, just because I'm not on Facebook does not mean that I'm a chicken, Right? Uh, we are not going to defy the government. The government has made an order uh, for churches, and uh, we're not going to defy that order. Uh, one of the main reasons why we're not going to defy that is because God has not asked us just to pastor a small group of people in this building. God has asked us to pastor our city. So what we do is we want to do the best for our city. We want to do the best for our province, right? So when I lead, I'm thinking not just about you that are watching, but I'm thinking about thousands of people that might be influenced by my leadership. And the best thing for us to do right now, unfortunately, is to not gather, okay? It's the best thing right now. And so we've decided to take the courageous step and do this. Now, is Bonnie Henry perfect? No, Bonnie Henry is not perfect. But Bonnie Henry is doing her best, right? And so we're going to follow her leadership, and we're going to do our best. And this is difficult. It is difficult. I acknowledge it is difficult. But to be the church does not mean we have to be in this room. We can be the church by praying together. And I just want to say thank you. There was 22 computers that logged into churchwide prayer this morning. But you know what? There could be hundreds. There could be hundreds of us gathering in prayer. There's no restriction on us praying together and calling on the name of Jesus. We can give and be generous. Not just give to the church, but we can give to many good causes. We can give to one another. We can give to our neighbors. We can give to God. And we have that right. And I encourage you to be generous. 
We can worship. We can lift our voices. We can praise the Lord. You know, every time I go through the drive-thru, I say to the, to the clerk that's handing me coffee, I say, God bless you. God is good. And I just express it because I'm worshiping who God is. You know, we have the freedom to worship our God wherever we are. We can serve him. We can do the things he's called us to do. You can do what he's called you to do. And I encourage you, let's not lay back and fall asleep. Let's be uh, uh, engaged in serving him. We can love. <laughs> we can love. Man, there's so many things we can do. We can help the poor. Uh, we, can, we can give to the poor. We can care for the poor. We can love the poor. We can pray for the sick. <laughs> Isn't it amazing what we can do? Now, I want you to say, I'm embarrassed when the church acts like a spoiled brat <laughs> and demands its rights. It embarrasses me. Jesus asked us and envisioned us to be his spotless bride. Let's act like that, okay? Let's act like that. Let's jump into the word. I want you to know I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm too blessed to be stressed. Why don't you just say that? I'm too blessed to be stressed. You know, let's let the stress go. Let's let the, let's let the, the restrictions and all that, let's let it go. And let's focus on what God has blessed us with, what God has blessed us to do, with what, uh, who God's blessed us to be. And let's let go of that stress. Next Sunday... Uh, it's going to be an exciting Sunday because we're going to hear a message about three gifts that God's promised to everyone who wants them. You know, God's promised you a gift, not just one, not two, but three gifts. Anyone who wants them, he'll give them. It's going to be an exciting message, and we're going to be focusing on the gospel. We have three testimonies, three stories of people's lives that have been changed by the gospel, have been changed by Jesus. This is good news. This is exciting stuff, and uh, I want you to know you can feel safe to invite your friends. It's going to be a great service next Sunday. Make sure you're inviting people. Uh, it's called The Gift, and uh, Pastor Kimmy is going to be sharing the gospel and giving an opportunity for people to respond to Jesus. Bring someone. Send an invite. Let's, let's take advantage of that next Sunday. That's the 27th. Isn't it amazing? It's going to be after Christmas. It's a weird year, isn't it? It's a weird year. It's gone by, and uh, we're coming to the end of it, un unbelievably. But, but uh, focusing on, a little bit on Christmas this morning, um, you know, it's, it's different. It's not going to be the same. You know, we're not getting together with our extended family and so on. And, uh, but we're finding other ways to celebrate. Maybe you're celebrating on Zoom or you're... You're uh, sending gifts, or you're planning to, to drop off things on doorsteps and ring doorbells and run away, or whatever you're doing. Uh, people are doing different things to exchange uh, the love of God. Man, I was excited this week when Corbin and Sabri came to my house and rang the bell, and I went out, opened the door, and there was a balloon on my step and gifts. And, and man, it's amazing uh, the joy that that brought to my heart. You know, they, they just thought out of the box, <laughs> you know, couldn't come over, but they still found a way to bring some joy, and I, I trust that you'll be doing that. Uh, maybe uh, uh, you have someone on your list uh, that you're exchanging gifts with uh, that's hard to buy for. Anybody have a, have a person that, that you just don't know what to get that person? They've, they've got everything, or, or uh, 
Uh, it doesn't seem like anything you buy them is the right thing. You know, I've got a person like that on my, on my list. You know, sometimes I get them a gift and uh, they return it. <laughs> you buy them a gift and they're, they're at the store on Boxing Day taking it back so they can get what they want. You know, it's so hard to buy for some people, isn't it? So why don't you put in the comments there uh, beside in the chat uh, some suggestions. Uh, come on, help us out. Give some love. What is it that we can buy for the person that has everything? Maybe you found something uh, that works, and uh, maybe you can put that in there. Don't give any secrets. Maybe you've given something out this, this year, and you haven't unwrapped it yet. So, But be careful with that. But maybe you want to put some suggestions in there for us. And I uh, also want to take this a, a step higher. What's the gift that we can give to the one who has everything, and that's Jesus? You know, what is it that you can get for the king of kings? What is it that you can get for the guy who holds the universe in his hand? What is it that you can give him? You know, there's one gift, and I want to talk to you about that today, that Jesus wants this Christmas, and only you can give it to him. Only you can give it to him. You know, let's look in uh, Matthew 2 and read the first two verses of that chapter. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. And they asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east. Isn't that amazing? This year we got the, the, the planets lining up and they're saying this is probably what happened on, on Jesus' birth. You know, these planets lined up. And uh, they've come from the east to worship him. You know, wise men. We don't know a lot about the wise men, but it says they're wise men, magi. Wisdom is the application of knowledge. That's what wisdom is. It's the application. Have you ever heard someone say, I don't know why I did that. I know better. <laughs> because you're not wise. That's why. You knew what to do, but you didn't do it. Wisdom is the application of what you know. It's living out what you know to be true. You know, the wise men, they knew. No one, what is it they, they knew? That no one could worship Jesus for them. That's what they knew. Only person that can worship Jesus is you. No one can worship Jesus for you. And they knew no one could worship him for us. The gift that Jesus wants from you is the one that only you can give him. It's your worship. Worship isn't a common word in our culture. It's in its lowest forms, worship is the act of idolizing something or someone or adoring or loving something or someone that brings us temporary pleasure or satisfaction or joy that lasts maybe for a moment or for a day. We give worship to perfect bodies. We give worship to delicious food. We give worship to pleasure. We give worship to people. We give worship to recreation and vacations. And even we give worship to our kids, if you're a parent. In its highest forms, worship, though, is giving our great God the highest and first place in our lives. The reverence, our adoration, our respect, our love, 
all acted out in lives of worship. How we live our lives can be an act of worship. Our words can become words that reflect our worship of God, that he has the first and highest place. All we do can be expressions of our love towards God. Think about this. The wise men who were likely scientists, ancient day scientists, or astrologers, or maybe even kings sometimes are referred to, they came, these men came to a baby who did nothing for them. And a baby that could do nothing for them. And they worshipped him. The wise men showed genuine worship. And I just want to look at three ways they showed genuine worship. Because I think it can help us in our own acts of worship. They made the decision to worship. Worship is a decision. It's not something we just feel like doing one day and feel, not feel like doing the next day. No, worship is a decision of how we will live. It's how we will speak. The wise men left what was comfortable and they did what was best for God. So they left what was comfortable for them and they did what was best for God. You know, are we willing to leave what's comfortable for us? Are we willing to make some adjustments as a church and worship God in a different way over the internet or whatever? Are we willing? Are we willing to leave our comfort, our wants, and do what God wants, right? The wise men showed genuine worship in how they counted the cost of worship. They gave their best as a reflection of their heart. You know, other people, and I've said this a minute ago, other people can't give the gift of worship for you. Only you can give the gift. You know, sometimes we think, well, I don't got anything. I don't have much. You know, I haven't, you know, I haven't got a lot to give the Lord. Well, you got something. You got something. You got your act of love. You got your words of love. You have your devotion. You can give up something to the Lord. There's something that you can give that can come from your heart and express to him, and we can count the cost to worship. We can't ride on the coattails of someone else, you know? You know the one thing that I find, too, when I uh, make a sacrifice of worship? It becomes genuine in my own experience in the presence of God. When it's from someone else, I can rejoice with them that they were worshiping, they were encountering God, but I want to encounter him too. We have a God that wants us to encounter him in a personal way. And you can do, do and have that when you count the cost for yourself. Then they position themselves for worship. Worship literally means to bow down low. It's Jesus' will first. <laughs> it's his will. It's not our will. It's not what we want. It's what he wants. You know, a bad reason to worship is to compare ourselves. This is a day that we live in where it's so tempting to compare ourselves with social media and we see what other people are doing. They put their stories on Instagram, and they do all that stuff, and it can be such a trap for us 
it becomes all about not encountering God's presence, but it becomes what am I projecting to someone else? What does other people think I am doing? What does other people think is in my heart? What do other people think I feel like right now? It doesn't become about the real thing. It doesn't become about the real encounter with God. It doesn't become about the real struggles that we're going through and the real times where we've connected with the Lord in the midst of our difficulties. The bad reason to worship is to get likes on your Facebook page. You know what I find? It is actually unbelief that causes us to perform. To act like something some way, one way, when it's really another way. It's really a pretending that we're something that we aren't, and it becomes so empty. And this is a bad reason to worship. I want you to know true worship does not come from you when you think you're worthy to worship. Worship does not depend on how good we are. Worship is dependent on our need for God. You know, if we're pretending we don't even need him, everything's perfect. How is that genuine? When in reality, we're, we're not perfect. We're bankrupt without him. We're desperate for him. We need a move. We just sang that. We need a move, God. We need your presence, God. This is not a show. So I want to give you three reasons to worship Jesus this Christmas, and we'll wrap up this message. Number one, we worship Jesus for who he is. You know, the Bible says in Matthew 1, verse 21 to 23, it says, Mary will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord said through the prophet. The virgin would be with child and would give birth to a son, and they would call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. That's what Emmanuel means, Emmanuel, God with us. That's what we celebrate at Christmas, that God is with us. Who is Jesus? He is our Emmanuel. Let's worship him for who he is. You know, Jesus didn't promise us easy. In fact, he promised us exactly the opposite. He, he told us that we would face many troubles. So let's not be surprised by trouble, right? He warned us, troubles will come. We don't give worship when things are good and withhold it when it's tough. In fact, we do the exact opposite. <laughs> when it's tough, it's when we run to him. When all hell is breaking loose, that's the time to run from your own ideas. Run from your own dreams. Run from your own uh, chasing money or whatever. Chasing people who you think are amazing. And let's begin to chase Jesus with all we got. You know, one of the things I find is it when times are tough, all those things that I look to for help, <laughs> you know, money and friends and health, all those things, they seem to run away in trouble. <laughs> they run. But you know what Jesus does in trouble? He runs to you. <laughs> this is a great reason to worship Jesus for what he's done. You know, when the world was going to hell, 
That's exactly when the baby was born in the manger. That's exactly when he came to us. Emmanuel, God with us. That's God's heart that he's coming to you when you need him the most. Another great reason to worship Jesus is to worship him for all he has done. The Bible says in John 1.12, says, Yet to all who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. You know, there's a difference between knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus. A personal relationship with Jesus is the difference. Knowing about him, you know, knowing, you know, his name, knowing he's Jesus. Jesus is God's son, knowing he was born on Christmas Day, knowing he died on Easter, day, on Easter weekend and, and rose again. We can know all kinds of things about Jesus. But I want to encourage you, let's not just know about him. Let's know him. Let's call on his name. And worship can be a worship for what he's done, and it moves our knowledge to our faith. You know, Jesus wants a personal relationship with you. Maybe you're here this morning. Maybe you've just known about Jesus. Maybe someone invited you to the service this morning. It's not an accident you're here. Jesus gave his life for you. He's Emmanuel, God with us. He came so that he could encounter you, that he could love you, that you could know him, that you could have relationship with him, that you could be set free from your discouragement. You could be set free from the things that hold you back in your life. He wants to give you strength. He wants to trade uh, your sin for righteousness. He wants to make you not just uh, someone that knows about God to what John wrote in this verse, a child of God. You know, God wants to call you son. He wants to call you daughter. (laughs) He wants to walk with you through your days. And it's just simply by calling out to him and telling him how much you need him. And the Bible says that he, as we call on his name, that we're saved. Isn't it amazing? It's an amazing truth from the scripture. If we'd be humble, if we'd admit our need for him, if we'd ask him to forgive us, he does these things. I just want to remind you, next week is going to be a great week. You're here, and maybe you know somebody that needs to hear this message of hope. They can hear that next Sunday, and we're going to have a great uh, morning together. Uh, What has Jesus done? He's changed our lives. That's what he's done. He's changed our lives. Uh, The third thing we can do, uh, a a reason we can worship, is worship Jesus for what he will do. The Bible says in Ephesians 3, verse 20 and 21, I don't know if that verse got up there, but it says, Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. (laughs) You know, when our hope depends on what we can do, it can become very discouraging because we know we can't do very much. Often we're powerless to change a lot. Maybe you're sick today. Maybe you're fighting a battle with... with, uh, with a family member, with, in a relationship, and you don't know what to do. And you just feel powerless to change. You've tried everything, and nothing helps. What can we do? Not very much. What can Jesus do? 
can Jesus do? Well, this verse says that he's able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. Ask or imagine. You know, I was thinking about this when Pastor Kimmy was uh, talking earlier. You know, last year we set a goal to have 500 people in our Christmas Eve services, which was a, was a goal for us. We hadn't reached that number for many years. And last year we, we surpassed the goal of having over 500 people. It wasn't about trying to cram a bunch of people in, but it was about sharing the message of hope the message of the gospel with as many people as we could over the Christmas season. And I was, I'm excited to say we, we met the goal and we we're able to share the gospel. The numbers of people gave their lives to Christ. But this year, in probably one of our most discouraging times, God has done something and he's changed our mindset. He's re- showed us that we're too blessed to be stressed. And this year, we put together the Christmas special with the goal of igniting hope throughout the north of BC. And the message has been spreading through the city, and you've been helping with that, and through the north, and now it's been spreading across the country, uh, and even in other places in the world of people wanting to tune in to the Christmas special. And this year, I want you to know, our goal is not to reach 500 people with the message of the gospel, but over 30,000 people with the message of the gospel. That's what Jesus can do, right? That's what Jesus wants to do, immeasurably more than we, you know what, I never would have thought of 30,000 people last year, but this year, because our eyes have been on Jesus in a different way, we are thinking of that. (laughs) What can Jesus do? What can Jesus do in your life, in your situation? I want to encourage you. He can do much more than you can ask or imagine. You know, the wise men decided that they would count the cost. They decided to leave the comfort of home to worship a baby that had nothing to offer them. And they positioned themselves to worship Jesus. And I want to just end the service this morning. We're going to have a baby dedication in a moment. But before we do, we just want to end with this, with a song and just give you an opportunity to worship. Just want to encourage you, if if you're here this morning, maybe before we start to sing, why don't you just tell the Lord, I want to live a life of worship. I want you to be glorified in my words, in my actions. And Lord, when you haven't been, Lord, I ask you to forgive me. Just come, Jesus, and wash that out of my heart right now. Just, you know, the Bible says, as far as the east is from the west, that's how far he moves our transgressions from us. So let's just ask him, forgive us, God. When we haven't worshipped, we've let complaining and grumbling coming out of our mouths and doubt coming out of our mouths. Lord, we pray you'd fill us with worship. And Lord, as we make the decision that we're going to live generous, we're going to live uh, acts of worship, Lord, we just pray that you would receive these, these, these uh, acts of worship in a way that would glorify your name. In Jesus' name, amen.